This podcast uses profanity and topics may be disturbing for some listeners. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Hell on Hills podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Amanda. And hello again. Um, as you guys might notice, and we did announce last episode, that Bree is taking a leave of absence for a little bit. We're not sure when she'll be back. Uh, we're just waiting on her to figure out her personal things that came up. Um, and then she'll just jump in and we'll go back to our rotation. For now, it's just me and Amanda, the the millennial mayhem makers. So yeah. the hell on heels. I would say we were the hell and Brie was probably the heels. Probably, yeah. Yeah, so right now it's just hell. Welcome to hell. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Please buckle your seatbelts, hands and feet in the ride at all times, unless you really want to be adventurous. And don't <laughs> ask for peanuts. You'll get them when you get them. I'm not even going to provide peanuts, so. Oh, well, you won't get them ever. <laughs> well, how are you? Uh, I'm pretty good. I've been up since like 630. I'm not sure why. Um, but Does it I have anything stuff. to do with the crotch goblin on your shoulder? I mean, don't tell her, but yes, God, yes, it's all her <laughs> fault. I never get to do anything anymore. Well, um, I can't help you there. <laughs> She's she I'm afraid of her as well. I don't want to feel her wrath. That's because you hear her in the background when I'm talking. And when I'm editing and I can, it yeah. just sounds terrible. So like my tinnitus was pretty bad. Uh, I already can't hear high pitches, which still James just can't seem to comprehend is well, something will happen at, like a cat toy or something. And I'm like, that didn't make a noise. And he's like, you didn't hear that. And I'm like, no, didn't. What part of inner ear damage? I can't. Can't hear the high pitches. And uh, she's currently making it worse. So, Well, she's just trying to help out there. She's like, Mom, you don't need to hear anything ever. Yeah, let me take all of the other pitches away. And then, I mean, good thing I know sign language, I guess. I don't know. That might make this podcast a little interesting. Uh, two cards. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, we can figure it out. It'll be yeah. fine. Oh, I'll just put the closed captions on the screen. Duh. That was a joke. No, I was more <laughs> concerned. Like, how are our listeners going to see the closed caption? <laughs> That's what the joke was for. Yeah, I caught on after a second. It's fine. <laughs> I shouldn't be multitasking, but I am. So here we are. Well, how about you? How's your day? Uh, your whole doing- day? I know it's only it's been what 24 hours since we last talked so it's not yeah not too <laughs> crazy uh it's good I got rid of the extra dog she is back with my parents thankfully um they did this real cute thing that every time I tried to pick up a book to read for a few minutes this morning um they would either slam their whole body into me or they would start barking, and I sent you a Snapchat of one of those mm-hmm. incidents. Um, so that was real cute. I really appreciated that. It just made everything that much better. That checks out. Um, all animal owners, lovers, I think they get that. They can relate. Yeah. So I think those of you that know what I'm talking about, you feel my pain. <laughs> but I did want to bring up... Because we suck at acknowledging our listeners in any way. 
Mostly because oh, yeah. I forget. Um, we start recording and I just am like, let's go, go, go. Also because a lot of times our recordings take three to four hours to complete. And so we're just like, get to the point. Um, but I did just want to bring up, for those of you that are in Ashburn and Tappahannock. I don't know if I said that right. I'm sorry. Tappahannock. I don't know. Um, for those of you that are in those two areas which I both think were Georgia. I don't remember. I Googled like two months ago. Uh, We just want to say thank you guys. You guys are our top places, our top five, top two locations that listen to us. And we've already discussed this. We have no idea who the hell you are, but we like you regardless. Like, thank you for listening to us. Also, please keep listening since Bryce probably just slaughtered your name. And, uh, (laughs) I'm just not throwing out blame here because <laughs> I also would slaughter that name. So I'm just like stating facts. Please keep listening. Possibly e- tell us how the hell that's pronounced. Yeah. Email us. Uh, it's T-A-P-P-A-H-A-N-N-O-C-K. <laughs> I swear to God, you said eight. So I'm lost. H. H. <laughs> Let me message it to you. I heard T-A-P-P-A-H-A-N-N-O-C-K. you me on what? I don't have my phone. H-A-N-N-O-C-K. Probably on Discord. <laughs> Uh, I guess that would work, huh? Where we're recording, weirdo. What? Tappahannock. Tappahannock. That's I what like I said. I feel like it's Tappahannock, yeah. If it's I not, feel... please correct me. I don't know what's happening anyways. Tappahannock is one of those words that I say it, and I, in my head, I'm just like, you're so damn Southern. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like, phonetically, that's how I would say it. Tappahannock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hanok. I don't know. Uh, the third highest place is United States of America, but it says NA for city. So I don't know who you people are, but we like you as well. I like you even more if you don't have a city. Like, where are you, where are you at? Are you just out in the woods somewhere? Yes. Oh, well, they're, who do you have for cell phone reception? <laughs> I need to know. Maybe they just go into town and download and then go back up. It's the beauty oh. of Spotify Premium. I need to go to Walmart, get some potatoes, onions, and download Hell on Heels. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So we appreciate those of you doing that. That's a trek for us. (laughs) Uh, Fourth place is actually Brussels, Belgium. So out of the country, actually, right there. And then fifth place um, is basically my dad carrying us in Salt Lake City. So thank you, dad. (laughs) Thanks, Godfather. (laughs) Yes. Uh, but those are our top five locations. I mean, I could get down in a little bit more if you wanted, but I also didn't want to. So top it's five. so weird to me that people listen to us. Like even the people that I know, I know when I went uh, back home, like I don't even know how long last month, this month. I don't know. Whenever the was, hell I was down there. It was this month. We're not yeah. in June yet. The beginning of this month. When I went down there, I mentioned something. I was telling my friends, I was like, oh, by the way, I have tuberculosis. And one of them, what's up, Britt? She was like, I know I listen to the podcast. And I'm like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> You're like, I appreciate it. Thank you for acknowledging that you listen to the podcast. <laughs> I was, I just, it's just weird. Cause I don't, I don't know. That's not the first thing that pops into my head anymore. The first thing that's like, hey, I hadn't talked to you in a while. And she's just like, yeah, I know all about your life. Thanks for being a good friend. At least one of you is a good friend. And apparently it's not you. It's her. Damn. I never thought about it like that. 
<laughs> Call me out. All right. <laughs> it's fine. We'll just do the updates now. We'll dedicate them to Brit. Okay, cool. You hear that, okay. Brittany? That's you. At least for this week, it's you. <laughs> Until yeah. I forget next week. <laughs> um. So, I, yeah, I just wanted to share that and just say thank you guys for your support. You guys listening is just awesome. Especially since, like, like I said earlier, we don't know who you are, but you enjoy our voices for some reason. Yeah, because this accent's rough, so I really appreciate it. I can't say words, so, you know, <laughs> I probably just butchered your city. Tappahannock. 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 I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I'm just imagining whoever's in Tappahannock <laughs> listening to us. They're just posted up in a hammock. Tappahannock in a hammock. <laughs> I just envision them in that hammock screaming at us the correct way to say the city. Yep. Yep. Now that's what I'm envisioning. And I'm going to apologize again. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You can blame me for butchering it because I don't. <laughs> I don't know. So anyways, we just wanted to say thank you guys uh, for listening. We probably would have quit a long time ago. Actually, that's not true. I probably would have forced Amanda and Bree to go much further if no one was listening anyways. 100%. I'm demanding. I know what I want. It's fine. (laughs) All right. Well, are you ready to jump into stories? I am because... Like I told you a little earlier before we were recording, this name sounds familiar and I just cannot place it. Um, Amanda looked at, I don't know what she looked at, but she looked at something and figured out what I was doing. Was it the picture? Did I label the picture? Yeah, the the first picture. Like, I I, I know her. I don't know why I know her. I'm sorry I don't know you, but I know you. Well, we're going to get into it. So I'm going to be talking about the case of Angela Hammond. So that is the first picture, and I'm working, for those of you listening, if I am not already caught up on Instagram with all of the pictures posted, I'm sorry, I suck. I'm working on it. I got, like, a few episodes done and then got distracted. Anyways, so I'll be posting pictures again. Um, But Angela Hammond. So Angela, her friends called her Angie. She was born on February 9th, 1971. She was born in Kansas City, Missouri, and when she was about four, her family moved 80 miles south, um, and they ended up in the Clinton, Missouri area, and they did that to be closer to her grandparents, her mom's parents, uh, just to be closer. They were having another kid soon, that type of stuff, or I'm not sure um, exactly the timeline on that. I didn't get a lot of details. But I know not long after they moved to Clinton, they did welcome a baby boy to the family. So Angela became a big sister. And in all the sources I can find, Angela was described as being really smart. She was witty. She was very likable, very popular. Um, she was very driven. And most people that like would describe her, they're like, well, she knew what she wanted. And we just think she was destined for great things. So she Aww. was a good person all around heads up this case is one of those cases where it's gonna just break your heart damn it (sighs) um anyway so she's 1920 at this point living in clinton missouri basically where she grew up and clinton is just considered like a quiet farming town at this time it's a very peaceful region not a huge population nothing too crazy 
Um, she was working at a bank while she was taking full cli- full-time classes. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know if she was taking full-time classes. She was taking classes at Central Missouri State University. Um, and she was also four months pregnant. Damn, she was doing the damn thing. Right. Girl was busy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in January of 1991, her boyfriend, Rob Schaefer, proposed and she said yes. Aww. And you can look at picture number two, and that's a picture of Rob. Um, he gave her a diamond ring and promised to always take care of her. Rob was an athlete. They went to school together. He was planning to join the military. Um, they were getting ready to move in together. Like, they were, I mean, she was four months pregnant. Like, they were per- engaged and trying to get their life started together. So, on April 4th, 1991, um, Angela and Rob go to a barbecue It said either at a friend's house or at Angela's mom's house. I don't think that detail really matters, but they went to a barbecue and Angela goes and drops Rob off at his mom's house because Rob's watching his little brother. And this was at about 10 p.m. Um, Rob's mom was working late night, so she just wanted somewhere there to be someone there to be with his little brother until she got home. That makes sense. Rob and Angela, they were going to meet later, um, just kind of do like the young people thing. I don't know what that is. I was never a young person. So I think you date, like you get together and eat or something. That's, I mean, that's how we date. The way it sounded is like they were going to go hang out at like the hot spot of like Clinton for 20 something year olds and like do whatever 20 year olds do. I don't know. I was basically married at 20, like Cody and I were together. I don't remember. That was 12 years ago. So I can't help. I just never also, did that stuff. I was married. So. I was basically married. So. They were going to go have fun. However. Yes. Those however, kids have fun. In 1991. However you have fun. At the age of 1920. And I think Rob is 18, 19. He's a little bit younger. But they were going to meet uh, later. Um, and that night Angela. She drops him off. And she goes and spends some time with her friend. And her friend's name is Kyla. So she's like, okay, Rob, I'm going to go hang out with Kyla. She does her thing with Kyla. And at about 11.15 p.m., she goes to a payphone and she calls Rob. And she's like, hey, uh, I'm just not feeling great. This is like seven blocks away from Rob's mom's house. Where, so from where Rob is. Um, she just tells him, like, she's tired. She doesn't want to meet anymore, like, what was planned. And she was going to go home and take a bath instead. She's just like, I'm done. I'll see you at home. And Rob's fine with this. He doesn't care. But they're talking for a minute. And you might ask, why are they calling from a payphone? Well, they're a newer couple. They're not making a lot of money. They did not have a home phone at the time. For all you youngins, cell phones were not a thing. So. Yeah, this is like beepers. Right. This is maybe pagers. So they're just young and getting established. Like, I don't know how long they had been living together. I know they got engaged in January just a couple months before, but they might have just barely moved in with each other. And so she's at this payphone and her and Rob are talking. And while they're talking, Angela kind of tells Rob, there's this weird truck just circling the block where I'm at. And she's like, well, it's a green Ford pickup truck. It would pull into the parking lot and then pull out and drive away and then circle and come back. Oh, God, don't get off the phone ever. Like you stay on the phone and you go get her. He doesn't have a cell phone, so. Oh, I don't care. You just sit there and you pretend like you're talking to somebody until I get there. Yeah. It's also 1991. 
I think the danger level, like that fear level is much lower than what it would be today. Oh, that's right. Okay. This is the 90s and this is a normal person, not me. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. Makes sense. So eventually this man in this pickup truck, they pull in and they get out of the truck and they actually try to use the payphone next to her. Um, but she's she's telling Rob this in the back of Angela's mind. She's got like this uneasy feeling. And so she's just like, I don't know what's going on. She's describing this to uh, to him. The man gets off the phone and goes back to his truck and he takes out a flashlight as if he's like looking around for something in his truck. And Rob tells Angela, see if he needs to use the payphone. Maybe the other one's not working. So Angela leans out and she's like, hey, do you need to use the phone? I can finish up and head out. And the man's like, no, I'll try again in a minute. Angela goes on to describe the man's appearance to Rob. And she basically says he's like an older, dirty looking white man. Like that's basically how she described him. Um... I know I have the full description on here. It's not right there, apparently. So I'll find it. But she just kind of goes on with her conversation. Just kind of like, okay, whatever. Nothing is going on. And a few minutes into their conversation, Rob hears Angela scream. And then he hears the man state, I didn't need to use the phone anyways. Oh, my God. And yeah. So... Rob says that he just freaked out. He immediately dropped the phone, knowing where she was at. He dropped the phone, got in his car, and just drove over there. He was freaked out. And so he drives towards the payphone, just trying to do anything he can. And as he's going towards the payphone, the truck speeds past him going the opposite direction. And he Uh. can hear Angela yelling out to him, just yelling, Robbie. So he puts the car in reverse turns around and he's trying to follow the truck. He's able to follow for about two miles before the transmission in Rob's car fails as he made a sharp right turn. When he put his car into reverse, when they passed, he did it so quickly that it caused severe damage to the car's transmission. Oh God. Mm -hmm. So he says that he saw the truck make a right turn, saw the taillights and just dust. And he didn't, I mean, he didn't know what to do. Um, so this was his fiance. She was four months pregnant and he was just freaking out. So he's able to get to the police. He tells them what happens and everyone's like, this is such an outlandish story. What's, what's happening? Um, but they do start an extensive search for Angela, the Missouri, Missouri, I'm sorry, Missouri state highway patrol checked just hundreds of trucks matching the description. But all of them were ultimately ruled out. They were looking for like an older model, 60s, 70s Ford truck. It was green on bottom, like a creamy white color on top. And it had um, like a fish jumping out of water mural on the back window. And you couldn't, this seems pretty specific. Well, apparently there were a lot of older models, 60s, 70s trucks that were two-tone green and white. And from what I could see, those decals or murals that they have on the back window were pretty easy to pull on and off. Oh, God. So it could have just been removed. But they go on to check hundreds of trucks just and they have nothing. And at first there are no witnesses to corroborate Rob's account of things. And so because of this, Rob was initially considered to be a suspect. 
Um, he did take several polygraph tests and those indicated that Rob was in fact telling the truth. And eventually two different witnesses come forward and they state seeing the truck and a suspicion, suspicious person around the payphones just between 1130 and 1145, which is about the time that Angela disappeared. So within the first week, Rob is cleared of all suspicion. And within two days, the police link Angela's disappearance to that of two other unsolved cases within a hundred mile radius. So that first uh, other connection that they had was the dis- disappearance of Trudy Darby. And that's picture number three. She just looks so nice. I know. They bo- they all look so nice. Trudy, yeah. I think she might. She just reminds me of just like, I don't want to say a grandma, but she just looks. I, I'll say it 100%. She reminds me of my grandma. Yeah. She just looks so sweet. She's She looks like she has a good heart. Like, mm-hmm. I don't. And you're right. Like, um, I'm looking at the other women. They all just look like they're so nice. Mm-hmm. So Trudy Darby, she was 42 years old when she went missing. She was working at a local convenience store in Max Creek on January 19th, 1991. Uh, Trudy had called her son from the store and just kind of told him about two suspicious men outside. And when her son arrived 10 minutes later, there was just no sign of Trudy anywhere. Her car, her coat, and her purse were left behind. So it's not like she left. Like, she would have had to be there. The register was open with $200 missing. And uh, two days after her abduction, blood and hair belonging to Trudy was found on a gravel road near the... God, I didn't Google this word. Niangao River. I don't know. I'm sorry. It was near a river. Uh, They also found shell casings nearby... And later that day, her body was discovered along the banks of the river. She had been raped and shot twice in the head. So, God. Spoiler alert Trudy is the only victim who's been found in any fashion. Oh, God. Uh, The next victim is Cheryl Ann Kenny, and that's picture number four. Cheryl was born July 8th, 1960. She was married and a mother of two. She was working at a, as a clerk at a local convenience store in, oh, they said how, I'm going to say Nevada, Missouri, but I think they said it Nevada, but that's Nevada to me. I don't know. Somewhere in Missouri on the night of February 27th, 1991, she was working an evening shift. She was supposed to be working until midnight, closing, and then heading home, um, but it was really slow, and so she decided to just close up early. So she closes the store. She clocks out at 10 p.m. She sets the store alarm at 10.17, but she never arrived home. Her car was found in the parking lot, and they believe that she likely never made it to her car. And Cheryl was never seen again. There were no leads. Nothing. No one has any clue. Uh, There were two witnesses that heard a scream coming from the er area around the same time that she would have vanished. The way that these people disappeared, too, that is so frustrating because, like, there's witnesses, but not enough. Yeah. It's like, it's like I can see the finish line, but I can't cross it. And this has to be Mm -hmm. so frustrating, especially the first two. I can't imagine the guilt that those two men took with them from how they both disappeared, even though, like, none of this is your fault. Absolutely none. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, it, yeah. Um, by May of 1991, and keep in mind, all of these are happening in 1991. The first one was January, next one was February, and then Angela was in early April. So they're happening pretty quick, too. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. they're happening pretty quick. Um, But by May of 1991, a reward of at least $11,000 was being offered for any information on Angela's disappearance. Police hold out very little hope that Cheryl or Angela are alive to this day, but there have been unconfirmed sightings of Angela in several different states and most recently in Canada. So as it stands today... The Missouri Police Department does not consider Angela's case a cold case. And the reason being is because they are still actively working it. Um, I couldn't find any details on if Cheryl's case is considered cold or not. But I think probably not if they're linking the two together. Now we've got a list of suspects and theories. You ready for this? So the first thing I'm going to show you, there's a sketch of what was described from Angela's abduction. Okay, so the description of the man that took Angela, that Angela gave to Rob. So she described him to be a filthy Caucasian man with glasses, a beard, and a mustache. He was wearing overalls, dark-colored baseball cap. Did I say glasses? Yes, and he was wearing glasses. He was driving an older, late 60s, early 70s model, two-tone green Ford pickup, and it had that mural of a fish jumping out of water on the back window. So... Picture number five that's on the drive. Um, This is a a sketch of what Rob described as what Angela described to him. What are your thoughts on this picture? Honestly, there's not much in the way of distinction here. I understand that. That makes sense because he didn't see it, which is frustrating too because he could have very easily been shown this and he's just like, I guess like he didn't see him. He's just going off of what she told him. But, uh, yeah, the only thing I can really say is he's got distinctive eyebrows and a distinctive nose. And that's all I can really, I'm going to read the description of the man to you one more time while you're looking at that picture. Oh, you mean other than the fact that he doesn't have glasses or any of that other shit? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't know that's what you were looking for. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't. How? I don't know how they came to that. Like, I don't know exactly how they came to that being the description, like the image of the man. He doesn't have a beard, not wearing glasses. I mean, there's no mustache, like nothing. Yeah. How they came to the facial structure. He might have stubble, but there's, like you said, no facial hair, no glasses, no, I don't understand. Yes, I don't understand that too. Some people say that police believe the man have been we- may have been wearing like a fake beard to obscure his identity. How they came to that conclusion, I don't know. Um, okay, I can see uh, that. But also you could just do one with the beard and one without the beard. Others think it's because initially Rob was the primary suspect and they were basing that drawing off of Rob's features. How to not catch a killer. Yeah. Just. He was considered a primary suspect for the first week just because they couldn't really corroborate his story. It just was such so outlandish. They didn't know. That, like, I can see that though. Like mm-hmm. now that you mentioned that when I look back between the two, like, yeah, I can see Rob Schaefer. In, in that, that picture. Yeah. 
that's the more likely theory that I would lean towards. I can't verify that's true, but based off of Rob's picture as well as the sketch, it just it kind of makes me think that they were kind of targeting Rob a little bit, whether it was intentional or not. So, of course, Rob was considered a suspect. He was ruled out by police, but there are still people today that believe Rob had something to do with her disappearance. Uh, Marsha, Angela's mother, is wholeheartedly set. She's like, Rob had nothing to do with this. I know in my heart of hearts that he, he, was, he was trying. He did everything he could. He's a good kid. He was crazy head over heels for Angela. Like, he didn't have anything. And she never doubted him. So she's always, this is Angela's mom is like, it wasn't Rob. Like, I believe him wholeheartedly. Um, But there are a lot of people that are like, well, it's very convenient that his um, story comes back that he was chasing someone and his transmission cut out. So a lot of people believe that his transmission cut out when he was racing to get away from the scene of the crime or where he left her body. So that's one theory that people have to this day. I guess I could see that too. But also, you how do you know he had to speed away? Right. The other part, though, is that there are witnesses that corroborate the green truck and a filthy looking Caucasian man at the same time or around the same time that Angela disappeared. So that makes me think, OK, it's probably not Rob. Like he didn't own a green truck. And there are people that are able to corroborate this. Another suspect uh, in the town, Angela's ex-boyfriend, Bill, was considered to be a suspect. A lot of people suggested that the baby was Bill's and not Rob's. Uh, Bill and Rob both deny these claims. They're like, no, that's not definitely not what happened. But there are a lot of people that think Bill was involved. Bill would go on to take a polygraph test and the police couldn't find any indication that he was lying. Now, just to clarify, I know polygraph tests are not, like, there's nothing crazy. They're not normally admissible in court. Like, they're just, this is what they went off of. They did multiple for Rob, couldn't find any, any indication he was lying, and they did at least one for Bill and couldn't find any indication he was lying either. Another theory that serial killer Kenneth McDuff, whose spree spanned from 1966 to 1992, was a possible suspect. There's another theory that a different serial killer, Tommy Sells, was involved, but both McDuff and Sells have been executed since, so if it was one of them, we'll likely never get answers. Of course, popular theory is that this was just a random attack and a crime of opportunity. Another theory involves the actual Trudy, um, who is the second victim we talked about. So... Trudy, she was murdered and her body was found, but they did find her killers. So Jesse Rush and Marvin McChaney, who were her half-brothers, were later convicted of Trudy. I think they were half-brothers. I don't have it typed up, but uh, they were convicted of Trudy's murder, um, but they haven't officially been linked or charged with Angela or Cheryl's disappearance. And that's picture number six. You can go in. Does... Either of them wear glasses? I have no idea. Because old dude could very much also be that sketch. And he looks like a dirty white man. So Jesse Rush and Marvin Chaney. They did not openly come out and be like, oh yeah, we did it. At least not originally. In this instance, Rush is big talk. 
he confessed to several friends that he had murdered Trudy. And one of those friends was a good Samaritan and was like, sir, um, I'm going to go to police. Thank you very much, Mr. Samaritan. Miss Samaritan. Miss Samaritan. So she... She was told, like, Rush told her, if you tell the police, I'll kill you, or something to that effect, he, where he threatened her, and she still went to police. Um, and basically, she was able to work with police. They got wires and all that fun stuff, and she was able to get a recorded confession out of Rush. Is this one of those situations where he's like, I'll kill her, I'll kill you too? I don't know if that's the exact verbiage, but he seemed to kind of be flaunting it, to be like, I killed her. Like, Cheney, on the other hand, he wasn't. He was like, He's got a wife. He's keeping his damn mouth shut. So Rush goes to jail and he actually goes on to admit to several inmates that he killed Trudy. And then he confesses to detectives. Not smart, dude. Oh, he's just not smart in general. Um, so he does confess to detectives. And then uh, basically what he tells them is that Rush and Cheney went to the store with the intent to rob and abduct Trudy. They enter the store, take the money from the register, and drag Trudy to the trunk of their car. They took her to a nearby barn where they raped her and shot her in the head. And when they went to go dump her body in the river, they found she was still alive. So they shot her again before leaving her body. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, Chaney, he denied being involved. He's like, I don't know what he's talking about. And he claimed he was home with his wife. Now, initially, his wife supported his alibi, but she later comes forward stating that she lied because she was fearful of Cheney. In March 1996, um, Rush was convicted of kidnapping and first-degree murder, and he was sentenced in life with uh, sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. In April 1997, Cheney pleads guilty to kidnapping and first-degree murder. He was also sentenced to life in prison, but I couldn't tell if that was with the possibility of parole or not for him. Um, The theory that they were responsible for Angela and Cheryl comes from a letter that Rush wrote to another inmate. He wrote that he had dumped the bodies of two other women in remote locations. However, bodies have never been recovered. So there's nothing to corroborate that this is actually what happened. This guy just can't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. You know, I guess I feel like he passes somebody on the way to the toilet and he's like, hey, dude, come here. You want to hear about this? And then that's what I think. These people are constantly like, oh, God, (laughs) (laughs) look what I just heard. And he's still like. Yeah, What's dude, even better is he wrote it in a letter to another inmate. Like, w- sir. <laughs> Just stop. stop. <laughs> At some point. I can't even say stop while you're ahead because you are so far behind. Right. <laughs> I kind of was like, he's he's kind of a dumb criminal, but that's, I mean, that's fine. It got him caught. I would prefer it that way. Yes, also prefer. But why? But- <laughs> Unless you're going to tell us where the bodies are, just shut your mouth. Yeah. And I don't know if the letter actually said where the bodies were or not. The sources I could find just said that it was a remote location. So, I don't know. There's another theory that suggests that Angela was murdered and thrown into a well in the old Artesian Park in Clinton, Missouri. Uh, It's not known if that theory has ever been explored at all. 
Um, but we're going to get into a super wild theory. So in April 2021, 30 years after Angela's disappearance, they announced that there's a new theory that they're investigating in her case. Um, in 1991, they had a confidential informant that helped in narcotics. And they had received a cut and paste letter. And they had this in 1991, but had not made a connection to it. Nothing like that. So the informant, um, obviously, I don't have his name, anything like that. But they have this letter and it read, hello, number redacted. It was his, his like his court ordered informant number. They had like whoever wrote this letter to him said we know your information we know you're an informant for the police oh i gotta go yesterday yes so the letter read hello number redacted we know who you are number redacted people like you deserve what you get we know where your foxy daughter is at she will see us soon tell redacted but it's his wife she has our deepest sympathy in her further loss goodbye so the letter, again, it correctly identifies his court-issued number and his estranged wife's first name as well. This letter was postmarked on April 4th, 1991, the same day that Angela goes missing. Uh-oh. The informant's daughter was, in fact, named Angela. The estranged wife and daughter were living in Clinton at the time. And while the informant's daughter did not go missing, Police have theorized that those involved were targeting the informant's daughter and they mistakenly abducted Angela Hammond instead. Oh, no. Police have not been able to rule out this theory. Uh, This came about because they had an an, an anonymous phone call come in that referenced that letter uh, as well as Angela Hammond. Um, It was a voicemail that they got. And they were hoping that the caller would call back. And as far as I could tell, at least from 2021, I haven't seen any update. Um, If the informant did call back or anything like that, the anonymous tipping person. So this is still a working theory for them. They do believe it's a possibility, especially if that other the anonymous tip ever calls back and gives them information, which they very well could have, or they may not have. I don't, I don't know. This is just what's been released to the public. So that is the most recent theory. Um, There is an episode of Unsolved Mysteries with Robert Stack on this case, which is season four, episode 16. Um, It's like the second story that they tell on that episode. Uh, But that is the story of Angela Hammond. I. I think I heard that because of your last theory. Uh-huh. That sounds familiar. And also, like, this is this is a very frustrating case. It's so frustrating. Like, I know I didn't say much through it, but I was basically, like, glued to your beautiful face the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's crazy. I literally, like, looked this up and I was like, what? That link I sent you today where I'm like, in case you need story ideas, she's the first one on that list. And oh, so wow. I might have to actually open that link. Yeah. So that's where I that's why I sent it to you is because I was like, maybe Amanda wants it. There were a couple others on that link that sounded really interesting as well. But yeah, the fact that it could have just been like mistaken identity and she was wrong place, wrong time. Oh, that breaks my heart. Oh, God. 
And the, also those people, they, they, y'all got to go. You need to leave. I really Which, hope you're gone. The, um, I keep wanting to say jury member, uh, the. Help. Oh, the informant. Thank the you, narcotic the, it, informant. Yes, the informant. I didn't want to say narc, but narc was the only thing that kept coming to my head. The narcotics. The narcotic yeah. informant. Because it was about like a drug case is what he was involved on. And it was from what I could find, which obviously wasn't much on that. But it was like he was causing a lot of mayhem be- by being an informant. So I don't think that's how you're supposed to do it. I've never been well, an informant, but I don't think people are supposed to know. Uh, I don't think people were supposed to know. I don't think he intentionally let people know. Especially, What really bugs me is the fact that the letter referred to his daughter as Foxy. Yeah, I don't understand. I didn't understand that. Yeah. Um, the other part of that is that Angela Hammond looked very similar to his daughter. Oh, no. And so... That could very be- easily could have just been... Mistaken mistake. identity. Oh, God. So, that's the disappearance of Angela Hammond. Okay, well. Totally awful. That was good. That was that was a good rendition? I don't know. A rendition? I don't know if that was a rendition. It was your rendition. I, I mean, I guess. So, I have um, another demon to talk about. Um, oh, we just love demons. So this demon is the sleep paralysis demon. Have you heard of him? Yes. Or I thought I there were I multiple. Them. Yes, there's three <laughs> main ones. Okay. And this is, I got this definition because it's a good one. It's a long one. I'm going to have to inhale, like, just give me a second. But I read a lot about this on frontiersin.org. And frontiersin.org describes themselves as an open access publisher and open science platform. So it's a bunch of like... law to just ingest. I haven't even read the definition yet. That's just what the website is. (laughs) When you say frontier in, is it like an like I-N-N in? No, it is frontiers in. Like they are leading their respective help uh okay we're gonna move on past this i get the feeling it's not an important detail (laughs) yeah it's not i don't know but these the people that do these i got it these people that do these researches and right here they're like the frontiers in their own individual league i forgot the word um subject but yes thank you so it's it's like doctors scientists they can post papers on here and stuff like that Kind of like a Reddit for smart people, I guess. Not that Reddit isn't for smart people, but it's like doctors Reddit or something. It's a less drama-filled Reddit. Yes. I prefer the drama myself. So they defined sleep paralysis as a disassociative state that occurs mainly during awakening. And it's characterized by altered motor, perceptional, emotional, and cognitive functions such as inability to perform voluntary movements, visual hallucinations, feelings of chest pressure, delusions about a frightening presence, and in some cases, fear of impending death. This is a super smart, like, thesaurus's way to say sleep paralysis is when you're asleep and your mind wakes up before your body does. 
because when you go to sleep, your brain kind of paralyzes your body. That way, if you're swimming in your dream, you're not acting that dream out in real life unless you sleepwalk and then you might. Sleep paralysis, when you're in this weird in-between of waking and sleeping, you can see hallucinations. Some people end up hearing, seeing, smelling, and even feeling the things that they're dreaming. They did say, if you ever find yourself in this situation, try to break this feeling or cycle by focusing on moving your fingers or toes, something small, and you just focus on moving those. Have you ever had sleep paralysis? Mm-hmm. Ah, do you want to tell me about your sleep paralysis? I have a few. I don't know if you want me to do it right now or later. Uh, we can do it at the end because I've got a little bit more. I, I've had it too, and I can tell you about mine. It's boring. Mine, I've had some boring ones and some not so boring ones. Okay. Well, at the end, you tell your not so boring <laughs> ones because all I have are boring ones. Okay. <laughs> so there's a couple different things that they believe can bring about sleep paralysis or encourage it. If you sleep on your back, you're more likely to wake up while you're still in the dream phase. But also, stress or anxiety can cause it. Uh, Being sleep deprived, narcolepsy, PTSD, jet lag, which I feel like that kind of goes in the sleep deprived stage. Mm -hmm. Heartburn and alcohol. They've all been showed to kind of promote, I guess, sleep paralysis. Okay. Heartburn seems really weird to me. What was the other one? Heartburn and alcohol. Uh, alcohol, I, I can see it, but the heartburn is throwing me off a, a lot. Yeah. I don't really get that one. I don't really get that one either. Unless maybe you have it when you fall asleep and it wakes you up, but only a little. I don't know. I don't I don't know. That's just weird. Different people experience the phenomenon in different ways. But there are a few things that remain the same. And that is the three types of sleep paralysis demons. So we have the night hag or the old hag. And she's said to have a disfigured nose, long bony fingers, and long, long fingernails, nappy hair, and glowing eyes. And in Brazil specifically, I found that the They call her the old hag or the old crone. And she has long fingernails and she sits on the rooftops at night. And when people fall asleep on their backs with a full stomach, she tramples their chest. Fudging rude. Yeah, she, I guess, well, that's probably why they all call her an old hag or an old crone. I I can't even argue. Like, you're being real haggy. Yeah. There's the shadow man who's. Pretty freaking popular. I mean, I guess they all are, but... And we all know what a shadow man is. He's a black humanoid figure of varying height. They're often described as darker than dark. And a lot of times they're seen, like, towering above you. Then the last one is the man in the hat. He is most often reported as an actual man with a hat, not a shadow. He's sometimes, however, a shadow, uh, almost like a silhouette. And you can see the hat that he's wearing one. And the hats are almost always a wide-brimmed hat. 
To me, it sounded almost like an old detective hat, like Dick Tracy style hat. Uh, a bowler hat? No. Maybe not like quite a, a bowler hat. Yeah. Almost like a cowboy hat, but not quite. Okay. Okay. I'm envisioning it. I'm following. Okay. And then sometimes he has a cape. Kind of like the cape for like flair. Yeah, right? I kind of like it, but at the same time, I don't think I would like, uh, what's his name? Elementary, my dear Watson. Sherlock? Yes, thank you. I would not like a shadow Sherlock Holmes in my bedroom at night. Hard pass. I mean, I get it. So now I'm going to enthrall you with some stories. Okay. So excited. Almost all of these came from Reddit. I got a bunch of them off of Reddit. And then I got some from my friend Olivia back in Mobile. Hey, thanks, Olivia. Also, um, Olivia, I have a request. Uh, I'm going to need you to draw us a La Lechusa hunting badge, police badge. Um, so when you hear this, please email that to us. Thanks. I really like that idea. Yeah, what she said. <laughs> Uh, Amanda wasn't involved on this idea. I just am throwing it out right this second. So <laughs> Amanda is now involved in this yeah, idea. She's now involved. <laughs> so the first story is from username Sneaky Pie Brown, which I like this. Okay, we can be friends. And they say that sometimes they feel like they're being dragged somewhere or they just constantly feel like something is touching them while they're hearing muffled voices. They see a little girl in the corner of the room staring at them, and then suddenly she screams and runs up and starts choking them. They also see a big shadow being, and they emerge from the front of their bed and just stares at them. I don't, I don't like that. They hear banging and scraping on their bedroom door. And this person keeps it locked at night because they have had sleep paralysis where the door opens by itself. Nope. I don't like it. They have also had one where the bedroom door closes by itself. Nope. And then a dark figure starts coming into their room. And the earliest one that this person claims to remember is being... A child in there with their mother in the room and she's sitting on the bed when all of a sudden her face morphs into a demon-like thing. Demon-like thing. What does... Uh, I don't know if I want to know. I imagine that as like if my face were to suddenly morph into... Oh my God. What is that movie with the creepy face? I keep wanting to say in Inception. It's not Inception at all. There are I've a lot of movies with creepy faces. That's where I'm confused. Like Jigsaw? No, not a puppet. The, like the demon face. The movie's about astral projection. Oh my god. The movie about astral projection. Insidious. That's the one. Thank you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm imagining the insidious face. Hold on. Now I have to Google insidious face. Oh god, you've never seen it? I don't think I've ever seen it. Just wait, I'm going to see the face and I'm going to be like, I recognize it now. More than likely, yeah. No, I don't think I've seen it. <gasps> oh, no, the red one? Yeah, I don't think I've seen it. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Imagine your mom sitting on your bed and then her face morphs into that. First of all, why is my mom sitting on my bed? No, mother, leave. I don't know. Maybe I she's full. 
clothes. Let her stay if she wants. My mother does not fold my clothes. First of all, that has not been a thing since I was little. (laughs) Can relate. Won't make me do it myself. So, (laughs) oh, just wait until she walks. You're folding clothes next. So here's another one from Send Me Your Feet Pics. Please don't send us your feet pics. And they say that they had three sleep paralysis events in their life. The first one, they saw a cat-sized shadow creature at the base of their bed, and it slowly crawled up the sheets and finally up to their chest, which sounds nice, but this said it left them feeling uncomfortable. Oh, God. This one... It's just really unsettling. They say that they saw a shadow man walking around the room and then disappearing behind their open door. So I'm imagining like, you know, when your doors open and there's that space between the door and the wall, like the shadow man just slips right in between that little. Absolutely not. I hate that. I don't enjoy it either. So. And the last one was fun. It said that they saw a couple of surreal-looking penguins walking around their room. They said it was amusing and funny. Penguins? Yep. Okay. I like so it. I guess- I'm, not, I'm not against it. Yeah. Um, I guess they don't always have to be bad, which is, that would be wonderful. Right? The reality of things. They say that they hear a feminine voice telling them, go back to sleep or good night, baby. This person, this thing, uh, she's draped in black clothing that seems wet. She has skeleton hands, but a very soft, feminine, young face. And her eyes are like black holes. And she's always sitting on their chest. I don't like that. I hate that. I definitely less than like that. Mm-hmm. So... This person named Bumpstart Broomstick, they have two. Uh, The first one, they're lying on their side with their back to the door, and it said that it felt like someone got in bed behind them. They got under the covers and put their arm around their waist. So it felt like this person got in bed and they were cuddling into them and they could feel their breath on the back of their neck. and. They said that it felt like they cuddled them for about half an hour. And the whole time, they're trying not to let this thing know that they're panicking and freaking out. Because it said that it felt like they were getting cuddled by a skeleton with claws. Yeah. Yeah. I I see you just sitting here trying to talk, but not having the words to do so. A skeleton Um, with claws? So not like a human skeleton. I mean, I assume I don't have claws. So Did I they guess just not. have really long fingernails. I, I, I don't I'm trying to process the description. Um, I guess like a Wolverine skeleton. OK, I don't know if that helped. No, not uh, at all. Well, it's OK, because that's not all. Uh, they say suddenly this thing feels like it's moving in closer, like it's going to kiss them behind the ear. And worst of all, it whispered. Not yet. You're not ready yet. I'll come back when you are. And they said that it sounded disappointed and excited. Like it was telling them or like like it was alluding to when it comes back, you're going to die. I'm going to take you with me. Uh, mm, 
Where's my sage when I need it? Oh, yeah. Where is... What else can I use? Like, sage and... I'll use whatever the fuck you tell me to cleanse everything. Well, you might not want to do that. Because the same person, they have what they call a sleep paralysis guardian angel. Which, thank God, because... I would just like to know what that means. So, they say that at first they thought it was the usual demon thing beside them but when they actually looked they see a man kneeling next to his bed or next to their bed smiling at them and it's not a creepy smile they described it like a parent coming in to check on their child and they said that the man looked like he was dressed in a 50s style suit and hat and he didn't say anything but this person from looking at him just Got the feeling this guy's there to look after him, kind of watch over him. Feeling of comfort. Yes. Okay. So I like I like that guy. I, you can you can stick around. User Purple Dirt says that they experience sleep paralysis literally hundreds of times, but usually it's a slick black alien type creature that's about four feet tall. And he's also seen a Grim Reaper type of figure. And he doesn't really get the auditory hallucination. It's all visual. So this person just keeps their eyes closed until everything goes away. Except for the actual feeling of paralysis. They basically just close their eyes and they're like, you know, if I can't see you, you're not there. I don't even blame them. No, I feel like I would do the same thing. So I have, what is this? A couple more. I love this name. It's Moan of the Gale. Sounds very eerie. That would be a, yeah, a good book title or a band name. We call dibs. I'm just kidding. <laughs> For a band. We're going to start a band. And it's going to be called Moan of the Gale on Heels. It's going to be a screamo band with Annie as the lead singer. It's gonna be May. Yeah, she would do. She would be wonderful. <laughs> she would be absolutely wonderful. I think it's time. But don't make me record that. I didn't mean right this second. I meant to form <laughs> the band, not to perform. Well, I am Just... not waking her up. So okay. not right this second, for sure. Moan of the Gale. They hear the back door being forced open as they're lying on the couch. They're trying to move and they can't, but they can hear hurried footsteps crossing the kitchen floor. And then they hear them get to the hardwood floor and the dining room. And they're just making their way towards the living room. And this person can't move. They can't even yell. And when they do manage to regain consciousness, it's at the last possible moment before they suffocate. Because they also have sleep apnea. And they say that it happens between 50 to 70% of the time they pass out drunk on the couch. 100% if they pass out on their back. Don't sleep on your back, sir. I feel like I would never sleep on my couch ever again. Oh, I for sure. I don't even know if I would ever sit on my couch ever again. (laughs) So these two are from Olivia back home. And she said... When she was a child, maybe around 10 years old, too young, okay, too young, she had a dream that her dog, Molly, R.I.P. Molly, 
was scratching on the door, so she let her inside. But she was confused because she didn't remember letting Molly outside. And Molly ran straight to her parents' bedroom door, but she looked a little off, like something didn't seem right about her. And as Olivia looked at her, she said that she didn't have a collar. She had like a physical tag hanging out of her skin, like if you buy a t-shirt or something, that little paper tag. Like it was wearing like a suit or something like that. Yeah, but she she wasn't. Just like, you know, the the collar, a dog's collar, instead of having that, it was just a tag sticking out like the, oh, I went to grab my tag, but it's on my shirt, so I can't. But, you know, that yeah. thing. Uh, so she said, all of a sudden, she was like, uh, what the hell? I don't think this is our dog. Accurate. I think you are correct in your assumption. <laughs> and then she said, all of a sudden, Molly is barking at the door. So again, she's like, this is 100% not our dog. What is going on? And once they realized that, she said it changed into this huge serpent and tried to kill her. And when it snapped at her, she woke up. Oh, okay. She has a lot of them and they're always pretty bad. Another one, uh, she, another one she told me about and she says her worst ones are the shadow men. And then she also sees the one with the large brim hat or the man with the large brim hat. I think she sees all of them. Like, I don't know. I just feel for her. But she told me another one about how she was in Publix and she was talking to me and she said it was already weird because she had a brother with her and she doesn't have a brother in real life. And so weird little things like that just kept turning up throughout the dream to where she was like, "Mm, that's not right. Another thing she mentioned was that she saw in like one of the refrigerated cases in the bakery, she saw a tub of... Um, I'm sorry, chicken salad. And she said it caught her attention because it was so ridiculous that it was in one of the plastic bags with the holes in it that the grapes come in. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, really weird stuff. She said stuff just keeps sticking out like that that doesn't make sense. And then all of a sudden, her and her brother are at home and they're exhausted. So they laid down on the floor, like propped up against the back of the, with their backs against the couch. And she closed her eyes, and then all of a sudden, she hears her brother in the dream go, do you see that? And she was like, uh, what? And right as she was about to open her eyes, he he was like, no, don't open your eyes. Don't let him in. And as he said that, she said the demon was already in her mind. It was the worst feeling she ever had in her life. Like, she really felt like she was going to die. She was absolutely convinced that that was it. And she said she actually expects, that's how she expects to feel when you're suffering and about to die. And she said in her head, she saw this tall shadow man with a brim hat and he kept getting closer and closer. And she said it felt like he was, or she was going to live a lifetime in this horrible pain and suffering and when he got to her she was gonna die and she said the only weird thing is she realized that his eyes looked fake like she couldn't really place it but almost like it looked like the eyes on like a dollar bill on this shadow man 
Eyes on and then, Bill. huh? Yeah, Eyes she on... said like cartoonish as almost. Okay, that makes more sense to me. Okay, so she said she could see no feelings, no emotion, but they these weird looking eyes were just staring straight into her and she couldn't move she couldn't say anything she couldn't do anything he just kept getting closer and closer and once he got to where they were he was about as close as he could get before passing through her she woke up i don't like it no and then she goes on to almost kind of casually say that she has many others like one time she could see herself like uh, like an outer body experience. Like she was above her, but she could see herself there sleeping. Um, and she could see this huge monster on her back. And his back was like he was so big, his back touched her ceiling. And she watched it stab her in the back with his sharp fingers. And I woke up where I could still feel it like I could barely breathe. Girl, no. Yes. She has some, like, when I decided to do this, immediately I was like, Olivia, tell me your stories. Because she's told me stories like this before. And, like, as they happened, she would get to work and she's like, I got to tell you. And I'm like, I'm all ears. Let's go. Olivia, no. You need to just put your foot down and say you are not welcome in my dreams or in my home. Please. (laughs) Sage the shit out your dreams. (laughs) Can she, so if she's aware it's a dream, can she manifest sage and sage the shit out of her dream so they don't come? Ooh, that's a good question. Because I don't think she's gotten the uh, power, I guess, to control them. But she's not controlling them. She's just getting sage in her dream. But that is a form of, like, controlling the dream. Yeah. You have to kind of at least know what you're doing. Because I promise you, if I knew how to do that, I would be eating Taco Bell every night. With a root beer. <laughs> Let's go. You have to be aware it's a dream first. Like there's a whole thing that you can do. I can't remember what it's called now. It's like, I don't know. But basically, as soon as you become like aware that it's a dream, mm-hmm. um, your mind is able to kind of like do what you want it to, I guess. Kind of like an astral projection thing. Kind of, but more just more dreamlike. Well- yeah, I think it's the actually like the beginnings. Like you have to learn to do that before you can astral project. Yeah. And I cannot think of the name, but I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm I'm googling. Hold on. You're googling it. I'm googling it. Lucid dreaming is what yes, it's called. Yes, there it is. Thank you. Lucid dreaming. So do you want to tell me some of your stories? Wait, you were supposed to go first. Oh, yeah. Mine are super boring. Uh the only time I've ever had it um always I'm awake, but I don't want to say I'm awake. I'm conscious. Like I can't open my eyes and I can't move my body, but I can always hear my alarm clock going off. And I'm always like, I'm able to be like, okay, I got to get up. And then I don't. And I'm like, no, seriously, I have to get up. Like I got to, I got to make myself get out of bed. And I just can't. And I always end up falling back asleep and waking up later, sometimes late. But that's the only time I've ever gotten it. Super boring. And I'm perfectly okay with that. Oh, well, I mean, as long as someone's okay with it, like. I mean, I would rather hear my alarm clock and not be able to snooze it than seeing an old hag or a shadow man with or without a hat and or cape. Valid. Yes. Um, is 
I mean, I guess I'm over here thinking about my shit that I'm like, I'm jealous. <laughs> that's all you have. <laughs> um, okay. That's interesting. Are you ready for mine? Oh yeah. So I, I've surprisingly, I've had a lot and it, it's one of those things where I'm just like, whatever I'm just imagining it like I just try to talk myself out of it you know Mm -hmm. um I've had a lot where I see like shadows in the room like the the shadow man but normally he's like out in the corner of the room like behind a door or something like that um definitely not my favorite things but I do have I've had quite a few of those um I had one in particular that scared the ever-living crap out of me Um, And what really was weird about it is that it was so vivid for me. I remember, I can't remember what caused me to wake up. I think I just had a bad dream. I remember waking up, I was on my phone. And then I was like kind of falling asleep in that stage. And then I was just frozen. I was frozen. And I remember seeing like our bedroom door is in the corner of the room. And I just remember seeing this black mass and I just watched it for like 10 seconds before like my brain kicked in and I was able to get moving so it wasn't very long but I remember jumping out of bed like just sitting up and be like babe 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 because Cody was with me and I was like there's something there and I remember him getting up being freaked out like what's happening what's happening and then he was like okay he realized I was losing my mind and then um basically he just he yelled some profanities and uh, we snuggled and went back to bed. But the next morning, when I asked Cody about it, he's like, that didn't happen. None of that happened. Oh, hell no. I just got the biggest chill bumps. But he's like, you must have just dreamed it all. My phone was still in my hand when I woke up. And like the same app that I remember having up was up. So I didn't dream at least that part of me being awakened on my phone for a minute. But whatever happened after that, where I finally started sleeping, no, thank you. Oh, no, I don't like that at all. Uh Uh-huh. So there's that one. Uh, I've had a few kind of like that where I'm just frozen and I see shadows, can't breathe, that type of thing. Um, Part of that, I think, is just panic in my brain. Um, But then a more recent one, I think this is the last one that I had. Super, super weird. Oh, wait, there's another one before I go into this. I've had a couple times of sleep paralysis where I'm laying in bed and I can feel something tickling my goddamn feet and it pisses me off and I can't move. It's just tickling. It's like this is the bottom of my foot and it's just going like this. I don't feel like that's malicious. I feel like whatever that is is thinks they're super freaking funny and they're just no, like tickle, not. tickle, tickle. And I'm like, stop you're not it. Funny I can't at all. Move. Yeah, those ones piss me off. Um, I've had that happen a couple times. Again, it very well could be a dream. I know that, but I also yeah. But it's still uncomfortable know. to to wake up and not be able to move. Mm-hmm. That is going to cause you anxiety. Like I don't care who you are, unless you have this every day of your life. I I guess it's possible to get used to it, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't. I can't see. I would never be able to get used to that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well. The most recent one, oh God, I didn't like this one at all. So I remember laying in bed, you know, sleeping, obviously. And 
uh, I just remember waking up and not being able to move. And I'm just like, oh my God, let's get this over with. Like, because most of the time when I have sleep paralysis, like nothing's happening. I just can't move. Um, but I remember feeling like very distinctively something bite me. It was super, super weird. I felt it bite my leg, like on my calf. I think it was on my calf. But the spot I remember was like, it felt like someone literally just bit me. You wake up with a... And I couldn't move for probably a solid five minutes. And I just kept feeling it just biting me. And I was like, ooh, you're pissing me off. (laughs) And that whole day, my hand was just irritated. Like, I just kept rubbing it thinking like, oh, God, it hurts. But I never had a bruise, no marks, nothing like that. It just felt like something just... It was very distinctive because you know what teeth feel like, like if they were to bite your hand. And it was like right here where I was in between all that. Mm -hmm. You mother effers. Stop it. So I just remember having that very distinctive, like I felt the teeth. So there you go. I don't like it at all. You don't want... And you, Brie wondered why I didn't want a ghost licking me is because they've already bitten me. Like, I had forgotten about that. I had efficiently buried that deep down to where I would have forgotten. And then you just had to bring it up. <laughs> uh, no. Oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's my story. Well, that's sleep paralysis demons <laughs> yeah so there you have <laughs> firm pass i'm glad i could contribute to your story in some way i like being the center of attention <laughs> absolutely unbelievable i know wonder why i created a podcast and demanded you join me i know i didn't have a choice uh-uh you could have said no and i'd have been like that's cute get the shit you need <laughs> yeah you would have literally just blew up my phone until i relented i think that's what happened actually yeah holy shit Wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no. it's all coming back to me now all of those ats in discord and amanda, text amanda, messages. Amanda, amanda. yes adamanda adamanda <laughs> I think someone else said it and I just jumped on the bandwagon. I was like, we're doing it. Like that the, sounds right. Yeah. And I was like, this is happening. <laughs> and I was well, like, here Adamanda, you said you wanted to. Adamanda, Adamanda, Adamanda. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Annie. She's pissed. She's like, you're the reason we do this. Oh, she'll be all right. Oh. She was but a seed. In the womb when I hate myself for that. That was just... She was actually not a seed. She was more. Yeah, she was pretty substantial. Seeing as you had her in what, November? And we started recordings in September? October? I think, I think so, it, yeah. I think officially the ones we've released started in October. Mm-hmm. Because we used those first few as a dry run. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So she had already risen, but she was just browning in the oven. Yeah. She was yeah. just finishing up. Final few minutes of, you know, bacon. Yeah. So. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was a good one. I like, I mean, I don't like sleep paralysis demons. My God, I'm going to get sleep paralysis tonight. Thank you. I was actually worried that researching all this, that I would get it. I mean, I've already got demons in my baby monitor, so. I mean, uh, didn't James clean that away with just a rag? Yeah, but I'm still real mad that he can look at that and be like, it smudges. And I looked at it and I'm like, nope, that's a that's an evil clown. That's Pogo <laughs> in my mirror. Um, I can't help you there. But what I can do is um, encourage your behavior and be like, no, that's definitely a clown face. Thank God I need somebody <laughs> to encourage my chaos. Oh, for sure. <laughs> For sure. What James doesn't realize is by me and you doing this podcast, I'm just going to encourage your bullshit even more. Pretty sure he realized that. <laughs> okay, well, now. I don't know if he realized that at the beginning. He probably realized that the minute he introduced us. Oh, that's true. Mm -hmm. For those of you that don't know, James introduced me and Amanda. Yes. Followed by me and Amanda quickly becoming partners in crime and picking on everyone. Yes. Partners in true crime. <laughs> oh, <Ooh>. damn. <laughs> you know what I was going to do today, too? I was going to pull up more coffee puns and find a way to put them into my story. And I completely forgot. You just ran out of steam? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got a good one there. That was good. Thanks. That was all me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right everyone thank you for listening to hell on heels pop pop blah, blah, blah. pod cast i got the word yep. that time there you go okay to see pictures from this episode you can follow us on instagram at hell on heels podcast twitter hell on heels pod or facebook by searching hell on heels podcast you can also find us on linktree by searching the same way you do for facebook if you want to support us please like review rate share and subscribe on your preferred listening platforms I know it's a tall order, but we demand it. Um, if you want to take your support one step further so we can create more content for you guys, you can donate through Patreon where we're working to release specials for Patreon. If you have your own true crime or paranormal stories, suggestions, or just words of encouragement, please email us at hellonheelspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to tell or force your friends to listen with you. I also realized we forgot to say this recording and last recording. Happy Pride Month. Yes, happy Pride Month. So for those of you that make it here, we said it. We'll say it in the next recording again. Oh. Uh, but happy Pride Month. <laughs> Anyways, this has been Hell on Heels podcast. Bye. Bye. <laughs>